You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Heart and Soul. I'm joined, as promised, last week by your honorary favorite co-host, Macy Cole. Woohoo! Welcome back. It's kind of a tradition to have Macy at the beginning of every year because she just drops some wisdom for us. And really, like, mid-year and end of year, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you feel this way. (laughs) You're like a good, like, quarterly guest. Yay! I'm in. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Good. I think we were just explaining how we're so exhausted. So tired. And I'm tired in a way like I've been waiting to be tired like this for my whole life because I don't even have time to add more to my schedule. Mm. It's finally like you are getting older and your body gets tired and your mind gets tired and now you just get to live every single day tired so you can't add more to your plate. Which that's kind of probably a... um like a toxic trait of ours is yeah. we love to add things to our plate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's taught me boundaries, which I've spent my whole decade of 20s wishing I had. And now I think all of my 30s is going to be like fine tuning that You're skill. forced to have them. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> we love pushing the boundaries. <laughs> yes. um, and you just moved into a new house. Yeah. It's things have been nuts. My past what a start fall. to a year. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was supposed to go home the week after Thanksgiving to take care of my papal, who's 101, and he ended up passing the day after Thanksgiving, and my mamal was not doing well, so I called my husband and asked if she could move in with us, and it was like a five-minute conversation. He just said, yeah, sure, I love mamal, which, praise you, Troy. He's the best. You're like a saint. And anyways, my uncles and my mom basically said we need to find a home where you can still maintain privacy and maintain your marriage and she feels like she has her own space so oddly enough Troy and I were looking for homes two years ago before we did the expansion at our studio and I my dream home has always been on Coble Farm Road mm-hmm. and we weren't looking for houses but our realtor kept sending us house listings over the course of these last two years And in August, one hit my email, and it was literally my dream home. It was in Coval Estates, and I loved it so much, I took Troy to just go look at it and just said to him, this is the kind of house I want to live in one day, and forgot about it. And so when my mom and my uncles were saying we needed to start looking again, we were scrolling through the different houses, and it was still on the market 100 days later. That's insane for this market. Yeah, and thousands of dollars dropped and so much so that they were actually having an open house the following weekend so three days like in the next three days and we went and we saw it and fell in love and I just thought this would be the prototype of the kind of house we would be looking for because we put in a pretty low offer that we were afraid they would be saying something to the effect of this is disrespectful yeah that's what we do with our home very low yeah they came back with a counter offer that was also very low and we accepted. And so in two weeks, we decided to move Mamaw in with us, got a new house, moved into the new house, and are now in the new house with Mamaw. <laughs> There's nothing better than having your grandma as a roomie. I know it's that firsthand. It really is the best. Yeah. Like I can't, I know it's like probably a lot of work and all that, but yeah. 
it is the best when you're older and you're like experiencing your elders. Yes. It's, because you yeah. get them a little bit more and they like can, you can connect, they can connect with you in a different way than they did when you were just like their grandkid, like a kid running around and they just bought you toys for Christmas. Like you really go deep. You do, and there is a sense of comfort that I feel when she's around, mm-hmm. and it reminds me of the comfort I felt as a child, but I didn't know that's what I was feeling, and I've noticed myself become softer just in my life in general because of her presence. Mm-hmm. I just am so gentle and soft with her because she just inspires you to be that way, um, but I want to be home, and no. I want to be with her. And um, Does she watch soap operas? She used to. Now she just watches nature shows. Okay, that's good. My grandma would call them her programs. <laughs> she watched Days of Our Lives every day. It was on. We had it recorded because I had to have a TiVo when I lived with yeah. her. She didn't know how to use anything else. And she would sometimes save her programs for when I got home from work. And I would watch Days of Our Lives with my grandma. This makes me want to cry. Mamaw's programs were Wheel of Fortune and Price is Right. Yeah, which and are incredible programs. programs. <laughs> And educational as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. My mom's just working that brain <laughs> to the very end. Literally, she's working on a thousand-piece puzzle right now, and she. You sent me that picture. It was so squeeze. I know. What are her? What is her and Troy's dynamic like? Hilarious. Um, he's very tender with her, but also, like, as she's telling her stories, he just sits and nods and kind of looks at me like, "Are you following? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Is anybody picking up? Yeah, what what's down? happening?" But it's really important to her that we eat together. And so Mamaw and I have had breakfast, lunch, and dinner together every day since she's moved in. And Troy has dinner with us every evening. Which is huge for y'all because y'all are kind of ships in the night. Oh, yeah. we Like I with mean, your schedule, y'all are like boom, boom, ping pong balls. Yeah. Like it was hard to have a meal together. We never had a meal together. We, for the last six years, have only eaten out. I usually didn't eat for the first time till like 12 or 2 and remember, oh yeah, you need to eat. Mm-hmm. In the few weeks that we've lived together, the amount of inflammation that I have removed from my body. Just by eating. Just by eating. Regularly. Yeah. And nourishing stuff. Yeah. And um, it's hard for me to even want to eat out anymore because it feels so heavy and like makes me exhausted. Yeah. Gosh, I love eating out. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. We're <laughs> actually going to dinner very soon with our annual yeah. trip with the guys. So That's going to be good. Yeah. Um, well, great. I think that's this is a... I know that last year was like really a lot of grief for mm-hmm. you. I think this will be a good like healing restorative season mm-hmm. for your family and for you. Yeah. I, I feel it. And I think we were talking before this started about how today we'd probably talk about our one word. Yeah. And what I've noticed about one words, because I've done it for almost 10 years now, is the word that is put on my heart is something that I am learning throughout the year, but it is not implemented. You're not ready to or implement Or integrated yet. until the following year. Yeah. And that's what's been so cool. And then it's almost like little seeds that you've planted in the garden of your heart, basically. And so every year that I get further and further away from the the words, one word's past, those are like who I've become. And then I have new seeds that I'm fertilizing throughout the year that eventually I will also grow into, which is really cool. Yeah, that is cool. What is your, what was your word for 2022? 
Well, I thought it was going to be abundance, uh-huh. and I was really excited about it. Yeah, because who doesn't want that? Right, exactly. <laughs> I was like, ballin'. Abundance. Come on, day two, we go. But on January 1st of last year, I was doing my Bible study, and God made it very clear that the one word was going to be elevated. And it was through this one sentence, which if you've never done 100 Days of Believing Bigger... You by, talked about this last time. Yeah, Marshawn Evans. Need to do like, it. You have to do it. And basically, there was one sentence that was saying something to the effect of, God, give me an elevated view, a spiritually elevated view of your purpose for my life, and take me outside of my comfort zone, take me outside of my capabilities, and put me in a zone where only you can be in charge of my life. Mm. And last year we had many challenges, but through those challenges were these unbelievable blessings. And it was basically God continuing to say to me, do you trust me? And towards the end of the year, he transformed that question, do you trust me, into um, I will restore everything that has been lost and more. Mm. And basically through the restoration of what was taken from us, we are now being given in abundance, which is ironic. Like life feels so abundant right now. Mm. And my one word for this year, which is like kind of crazy, is transfigure. Woo! Yeah. Girl, you going in. I know. And I was looking at the definition and it said to be made more spiritually beautiful by having an elevated approach to faith basically so it's like taking the word that I had last year and applying it into what I'm learning this year and last year what I learned is if I live my life by God's rules then I don't have to fear what's happening in my human perspective yeah so we just got done with an upfit and an expansion that cost a lot of money and then the people upstairs started complaining about noise So we had to get attorneys involved and we had all these legal fees and legally we proved that we weren't an issue. Yeah. But then through like some weird red tape, we still had to pay for soundproofing. So we had to pay for attorneys plus the expansion that we had done plus way more money on top of all of that. And then come to find out that our other neighbors who actually did have a right to complain then started telling us that they could hear us. So then not only did we get done with that six month saga, we spent another two months soundproofing a different part. Oh my gosh. And so there's all this money that we didn't plan on spending or budget for or even think about. Yeah. And that was really scary. And then we set a goal just for the studio side to hit 450 visits a week by the end of the year. Last week, just on the studio side alone, we hit 912. Shut up. Yeah. And so all, that's amazing. It was unbelievable. And um, in the midst of all of that, my cat passed in this really horrific way, and um, Papa passed. There's just a lot of, like you said, grief and a lot of having to let go. And God kept saying, "Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me?" And um, it got to the point where it was like every new thing that happened was not even a fear or a concern because He replaced that with everything you've lost will be. Um, restored and more. Yeah. And even though, you know, the loss of Papal or all of that difficulty with the attorneys and going back and forth with our neighbors and having to, um, you know, fork out all this money, the soundproof was insane. What happened was we were able to teach the people upstairs that 
I think typically are used to being able to get what they want and using a lot of um, kind of like uh, aggressive verbiage. Mm-hmm. We basically said to them, we will never be able to agree on this issue. And uh, it's, it's really unfortunate that it's come to this way. But in the name of harmony, we will do what you've asked because keeping a cohesive relationship with you is more important to us than anything else. Mm. And the looks on their faces were just like, excuse me, what? And you were was, set apart. Yeah. You were set apart in that right. moment. And that's when God started saying everything will be restored. And that's when this thing with the house happened and Mamaw moving in and us having all these visits. But what I realized is the point isn't to get rewarded. The point is to trust God enough that even if things get worse, my foundation of faith doesn't shake. Like he's still got you. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many follow-ups. My first one, though, is about what you just said about being set apart, like them experiencing. It's so countercultural for there to be like peace and kindness in a situation that is typically stressful and turmoil because the world handles things in such like me, 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 like aggressive, get what I want types of ways. And then when people experience something beyond them, like, god-centered action they're freaked out like it's so like jolting and i think that i think that it really does shape like those are the moments in ministry like in our everyday lives that we really do shape people to their core and by we i mean god like that's when he moves it's like those little moments and when i was in um no i wasn't even in college i was older than that when i (laughs) (laughs) um Right after I graduated college, I moved back to Dallas and I went to my friend's birthday party at this piano bar. Pete's Piano Bar in Dallas. It's so fun. You got to go if you live there. Can we please go? It's so fun. Um, We were at this piano bar and the crowd that I was with that night, I didn't know very well. And I mean, we've all had our moments of going out and raging, but they were raging. And I was just like, it's not that I was uncomfortable. I was just like, these aren't my people kind of thing. So I was just kind of chilling, listening to the piano, like having a glass of wine. And um, this lady comes up to me. I don't know why I'm even bringing this story up, but this is where our podcasts go. This lady comes up to me and she was like, can you come sit with me and my husband for a second? And I'm like kind of creeped out at first. I'm like, um. <laughs> but honestly, I was so overwhelmed by the crowd that I was with. I was like, sure. <laughs> So I go and sit over there and she's like, I don't even know if you believe in God, if you're a believer, but she was like, but the Lord has put a prophetic word over your life on me since watching you tonight. And I was like, okay. And I kind of all have always come into those situations lightly because I think that sometimes people talk to talk and they like to be the prophets and they're not actually hearing from God. They just want to have like a toot my own horn moment where I'm spiritual And so I try to be really discerning in that. But like, this was like so clearly the Lord's voice and he was preparing. I think he was preparing me for everything with soul and beyond. I wasn't even living here yet, but he was like, or he through her said, the Lord wanted me to tell you that you're set apart. And those two, she kept saying it set apart in this, set apart in that. And I think when she, what brought that word to her, what God did in that moment was like, she was watching me in this group of worldly people, which we're always surrounded by, act just a little different, not judgmental, not shaming them, but just act a little different to where someone in the crowd notices. So by you just acting a little different, a little like more loving, more kind, more holy, like those are the moments that bring people to God. 
Anyways, the, the stuff that she prophesied over me in that moment literally led to soul. It's crazy. I've almost gotten set apart tattooed on myself like a thousand times. And anytime I've met, I've always been like really honestly jealous of people who get prophesied over because I feel like it rarely ever happens to me. Now I'm starting to realize that prophecy is just encouragement. So anytime you encourage someone, it's prophecy. But I used to get like really like almost pissed off like in church settings where like all these people are getting their hand laid on and like the Lord is speaking to them. And then I'm <laughs> literally just sitting there. I'm like, you not have a word for me. But anytime I've ever had a moment like that, which has been like probably three times in my life, it's every single time the person has said set apart. Every single time. And I'm like, that's, just, that's all God asks us to do in this world. Set ourselves apart from the rest. It's it. And and to be set apart is the definition of holy. Holy. Yeah. I know. It's just, it's literally in the Greek or Hebrew or whatever they yeah. say. It's, it means set apart. It's the same. Holy. Set apart. Set apart. Holy. Well, it, we've had this conversation a couple times. Also, I'm so glad you shared that story because it's so powerful. And that is an example of how God speaks to us. It's not necessarily this voice smiting down from heaven where we're hearing it through our ears. Mm-hmm. It's much subtler than that. We're hearing it through our spirit. Yeah. And that connects us to the spirit. And what came up for me as you were sharing that story is so profound about how you weren't shaming, you weren't judging, you weren't trying to be different. You were set apart because you were rested, which is the definition or root of the word steadfast. So we were asked to have a steadfast love in the Lord. And what that transliterates as is a seated love for the Lord and you are seated in the comfort of the Holy Spirit enough to where somebody else saw that and when you chose to lead with love without condition no no judgment no shame and were set apart from the standpoint of love somebody else recognized that and reflected that back to you which connected you closer to God and them closer to God and affirmed your behavior. Mm-hmm. And when I had that conversation with the guy upstairs that was causing the most turmoil, his response was, well, I hope this works. Which was an interesting comment because there was not even a problem. That yeah, we were able like, to, it's actually working. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> working just fine. Yeah, no, well, there's like, we haven't even done anything and mm-hmm. there isn't a problem. So you're saying that you hope the thing that we fix that doesn't need to be fixed actually works. Yeah, when it's already fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, And that to me was just the projection of their need to constantly be right. Mm -hmm. And when I was able to take a step back, I felt the shiver down my spine of like, I really wanted to be like, oh, you mean that you hope what works that we have to fix that doesn't need to be fixed is working? Yeah. Instead it was, um, well, whether it does or not, what we hope is a, um, a reconciliation of this relationship. And it came out of my mouth and I swear it was like, not me. You're like, I did not come up with those words. I was like, oh. Because the me yeah, wanted to say something I, else. Exactly. But the look on his face, he basically did a double take. And the comfort in my body was so, it was set apart. In that moment, it was what it felt like to be holy, which we think is like, using our willpower to be better than the rest. Mm -hmm. But when you were sitting in that chair, you weren't thinking of, look at me being so good. You were thinking of, oh, this is just a different group of people and I'm just going to chill and have my glass of wine and listen to some piano. Yeah. (laughs) 
just like in that conversation, I wasn't like, I'm going to take the upper hand here. It was something came over me, a steadfast, a seated approach. And when we choose to let the Holy Spirit move in that way, our lives are transformed plus the lives around us. Yeah. And it, cool. it can only come from like a spirit mm-hmm. moment. Because like you said, in those situations, you kind of are separated from like yourself. Yes. Where you're like, I did not even, I didn't plan those words. Have you ever had moments where like, you'll just start, you'll be like in a conversation and you just kind of like quote some scripture and you're like, I don't even remember. I don't even, I didn't even memorize that scripture. (laughs) Like, I don't even know where in the Bible that is. (laughs) Like, I'm like, that was a hundred thousand percent not me. Yeah. (laughs) I cannot memorize scripture to save my life. And here I am just like spitting it out. That's like when it's. Spirit filled. There's no other explanation. That's right. The spirit filled. That's right. How did you come up with the word transfigure? <laughs> well, so, um, oh, oh, okay. So every year around October, I could start to feel the new energy of the next year ushering in. Yeah. And a lot of words that were coming up were like chrysalis, transform, um, things like that. And full transparency and a lot of people are probably going to have their own opinions on what I'm about to say. But in June of this year, I'm going to Costa Rica to sit with the Shipibo tribe of shamans. Is this what your dad did? Yes. Okay. Um, and do ayahuasca, mm-hmm. which is a plant medicine. I'll have four ceremonies. And my intention is really to use this medicine to move through my body to heal from the inside out. Um, and so I think I was looking up synonyms for transform, chrysalis, all of that kind of stuff. And then it was like asking, do you want the biblical transliteration? And then all of a sudden this word transfigure showed up. And I remember that part of the Bible. It's one of my favorite parts of the new Testament. And, um, I started looking into it and a lot of it is about changing physical appearance to become absorbed in white. And so one of my goals when I go do this ceremony or these ceremonies is to take all of the shadows, all of the parts of myself that I have not been willing to look at, basically the areas of my life that I feel shame and, and through God's support, see them, not through my eyes, but through God's eyes, transform them from shadow to light, and then use that as a living testimony to understand grace and compassion, love without condition towards myself so that I can then understand how to do that for, for others. others. Yeah. Wow. And that's what transfiguration is, is basically to transform from your human form to your spiritual form, not for the sake of being more spiritual or more elevated, but for the sake of having a spiritual understanding of the human experience. Wow. That's going to be so powerful. Yeah. I'm nervous. but Are you I'm, going by yourself? So originally my brother was going to come and then he is actually um, going to Costa Rica in a couple weeks with my husband. They're leading a retreat together there, which is like so special. And um, my other friend was supposed to go, but it's kind of like she hasn't totally decided if she is or not. And so I was just going to go by myself and like whatever. Um, But my dad just called me two days ago and, and said, you know, I go every year. I know. I was like, I can't see you going without Titus. Yeah, exactly. And um, my brother and my dad went two years ago together for my brother's first time. And he just said it would make him feel a lot better if I had somebody with me. And I started press into it. And dad was there for Brad's first time. 
and now he's going to come with me. So dad just signed up a minute before I walked in the door. That's who I was on the phone with. That's so special too, because I'm sure their bond was like expanded immensely in that like spiritual realm when they did it together. Yep. And now you get to have that. I mean, you and your dad already have such a tight relationship, but to like experience that together is huge. It's going to be huge. And I really feel um, that I'm making that transition from adolescence to adulthood. Yeah. And with your parents, especially. Yes. And especially my dad, because, you know, I'll always be like his little girl or whatever. Um, and I think we went to Hawaii and he kept like trying to father me, like, be careful, watch out for that. I'm like, dad, I'm almost 33. Like, yeah, (laughs) I've made it this far. And for 10 years or longer, I've been on my own. Um, but thank you. But I think it'll be helpful for him to kind of finally realize, you know, I'm an adult now and yeah. And maybe healing too for like, I'm sure they're, I mean, as a parent now, I kind of get it. Like you just want to protect your kid at all costs. I don't think that ever really goes away, but I'm sure healing for him to be like, wow, I did my job well. Like she's ready. Yeah. She's ready to like. Yeah. Be her own person. Be her own person. Yeah. 33. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) And it's also crazy because I'm pretty sure um, they say that Jesus like transfigured around the age of 33. That's when he died too. Yeah. It was like all kind of happening. And so my retreat is June 7th or sorry, June 10th to the 17th. And the 17th is Father's, or the 18th is Father's Day. So the next day is Father's Day. So my mom and my husband are coming down. We're celebrating Father's Day together. And then the next day is my 33rd birthday. So you'll be in Costa Rica for your 33rd yeah. birthday. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's huge. There's so, something about that. Um, what What was your one word last year and was it this year? Last year, it was just play. Oh. I just wanted to have fun. I spent a lot of 2021, I like don't even know what year we're in, 2021, yeah really anxious and stressed postpartum depression pregnant like tons of worry to where like I lost like the playful side of myself and I went into 2022 finally sleeping again honestly and that changed like my perspective like it took out a lot of worry because Wills was sleeping finally and there's something about that transition at around four months for parenthood where you're like I feel like I can find myself again a little bit and so right at the beginning of the year, I was like, I just want to play. I want to have fun in my life. I want to have fun with my kid. Like, I don't want to be this anxious, stressed out mom. Like, I want to like, I want him to like laugh with me and like be a safe, fun place for him. And then I want to like exercise again, sign up for races. Like I want to, and I really do feel like I played. I mean, obviously I had responsibilities. Like, But the um, essence of everything you did was from a playful spirit. Yeah. I feel that. I love that. What so a good So it's real word. simple. It's like, I just want to play like a kid again, speaking of growing up. And that gets hard, especially the older you get. The more responsibilities yes. you have, the, the more stressful life is. Yeah, it's simple in thought, but it takes mastery at this age. I think a lot of people forget. I mean, to make that your one word, I think, is a lot of wisdom. Yeah, and I that's not to say I didn't stress out in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. No, of course. But I think it was like a good route um, like a foundation to come back to when I did have those moments. Did you just hear our dog? That's Bear. I think Bear just farted. Yeah, that was wild. Like through the door. Yep, that Sorry was if you heard that. Crazy that was not us. Noise. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> My word for this year, actually, last episode last week, I was like trying to figure it out and I hadn't figured it out. But this is really good. The big reveal. Yay! Um, is increase. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So I spent 
a lot of the last, my 30s really, questioning, not questioning what I believed, but questioning my level of spirituality and really comparing myself to other people in a spiritual sense and letting that limit me. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Where I was like, what are my gifts? What am I even good at? Like, what has God called me to? Like, just doubting who he created. And I want, I wanted, the end of this past year, I really, like, just through prayer, honestly, did a lot of, like, conversation, conversing with God on being like, can you just restore a confidence in my gifts? And so, just asking him and receive, like, you receive. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be open. And I just hadn't asked. I was just letting the door stay a little shut. Like slight peak of light would come through every now and then. But I would just like kind of like nudge it back. So I really want like an, an continued increase in my faith and my gifts. So I went and it goes beyond that because I spent so much of the last three years just not asking for anything. And like settling into limitations or limiting beliefs, I guess. I mean, and the, your mindset, whether you believe in God or not, your mindset has so much power. And so stepping into this word increase with my faith, like I can feel myself like drawing nearer to God in certain situations, turning to him first with trust, like trusting him with a moment, with a client, with a hardship already in t- 10 days of the year. I can feel it. And then like asking him for more than I can imagine with my business, with my family, with my child. Like asking for wills to be saved at a young age. I don't think that's like so much that, like I want him to just feel the Holy Spirit at four years old, you know? (laughs) Why don't we ask? Why don't we ask, you know? Why don't I ask for when I'm praying, why do I feel timid and asking for more clients? Because I think that that's not spiritual. When I can, when what I'm doing is spiritual with my clients, what, Catherine? Why wouldn't you ask for more money? <laughs> yes. More asking for more money is not good. Is not bad. It's what you do with your money, you know. So I'm just asking for increase. I mean, in everything, and I'm telling you the mindset of that. Like, I run a very small business. I mean, I am small business Saturday. It, it's it literally in my house, and there's twenty people 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 total. Um, which is different than 900 and I would the old me would spend like that comp you commenting about the growth of your business would paralyze me when that's not my mission why am I trying to make it that so literally my changing my mindset I can't even talk because I'm so tired changing my mindset to like asking for increase like last week I got two new clients which is not really like huge yes, in the grand scheme of things but for my business it's huge. That's huge for ours to anyone. That's and a I'm huge just like deal. okay. I just gotta ask, and it's like these new clients are two people that in two sessions I've already felt a connection with. So it's like I don't know. I'm feeling increase in all different aspects of my life, but also like with our family. Like Michael and I got really um, complacent, as a lot of people do, and just like routine we're routine people we love routine so we would like it was the same thing michael gets home at 5 30 i'm feeding wills we switch off he cooks while i bathe wills we go in there we eat we play with wills we put wills down we watch half an episode and we fall asleep 
I mean, literally every single night to where like even in our marriage and in our family life, we've, we've been asking for increase by just setting different like routines. So we still do the bath. We still do all the things same time, (laughs) but like Monday night or sorry, Sunday night is the chosen night. Like it is dedicated to the chosen Monday night game night. We just play on the Nintendo switch or play games with Wills. So just having like a restructure of like even our family goals, it's providing so much increase in our relationship too. Like we're like, it's like we just got married again (laughs) and like we have a child, you know? I think it's really easy, especially with kids, to get complacent. It's easy to get complacent with anything as we get used to it. But 10 days in, I'm feeling it. What I love so much about when we get to sit down and chat is we have such different strengths and something that I value so much about you is how organized and structured you are. And it is something that I have to work really, really hard for. Um, and like in my like desire to be structured this morning, I tipped over an entire pot of coffee, you know? So like the things, whenever you're talking about the edges of like how to spice things up, it's like sometimes Troy and I's life is so individually spicy that we have to like tone the spice down so that Mm -hmm. we can just sit and be at one table at the same time and eat, you know? Um, But I think it's also being present in those moments though too because like Michael and I, we spent, I mean, we probably spent more cohesive time like on the clock together than you and Troy did last year, but that doesn't mean we're connecting. Right. So it's like how, when you get sit at the table, are you scrolling your phone? Are you, like how are you just being intentional with that 30 minutes you get? Yep, that's right. But something that came up with increase for me with you is like an increased view of your own um, beautiful spiritual gifts as you were asking, as you are mentioning, but realizing that the only areas that you compare about are the areas where you feel that you're lacking or not enough, but not realizing, like counterbalancing that of realizing all of the areas that you are so strong and so we'll use this word again elevated Mm. and so thinking about the fact that you're able to somehow maintain a business with 20 people that relies solely on soul soul, (laughs) on your charismatic energy your playfulness all of these things that inspires other women to come here and work with you to support this business, but also comes here to train you mm-hmm. and that you create enough energy in this beautiful space that people are coming here to do that while also still having enough energy to create structure for your husband, to create structure for your child, to have this beautiful house that is always so clean and pristine mm. and looking at the areas where you think you could do better instead of taking a step back and realizing how much you're freaking crushing it. Mm. And so I hope that a part of what this year gives you is an increased view of how incredible you already are and what we all out here see in you and realizing that at the very least, when we understand how much we're loved by God, we can love ourselves from the same threshold. And I'm watching you slowly start to love yourself more and more um, in the areas where you're like, Hey, it's okay if it's not X, Y, or Z, but mostly realizing like, Holy crap, like I am amazing and I am crushing it. And I am a good mother and a good wife and a good friend and a good business owner. And all of these things that for so long, I think were like hidden from your view, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. 
Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I think that it would be really revolutionary if we just all knew a little bit more about what people are going through. Yeah. Because I think we spend a lot of our time either judging or comparing ourselves to other people and we don't really, we don't know what they're going through. No. Like maybe like them doing X, Y, Z is like the only thing they have. Yes. Or vice versa. I don't know. Yeah. I Maybe we just need an increase in getting to know who people really are. <laughs> yeah. And an increase in knowing our value. Like Troy and I's full-time job both of us, our livelihood depends on us having 912 visits on the studio side so that we can pay for all the people that have to work for us because we've built this thing that supports our life, right? This amazing thing. Well, thank you. But it would be different if that was, if it just depended on my salary or it just depended on his salary and I had a different thing or if we had a child, you know, and so it's also realizing that when we play that compare game, unless it's from the standpoint of feeling inspired, we either have to compare every single aspect of that thing mm-hmm. or else we're taking a small uh, part of the picture and trying to make it the whole. Like mm-hmm. when people say, I don't believe in the Bible because it says this. And it's like, well, do you even know the story behind that? Did you even read the context? Yeah. Do you even know if it's Old Testament or New Testament or why that was said? Mm-hmm. Or trying to like use a small thing in an argument to confirm a behavior that is also not relevant to like what the Bible was saying. So mm-hmm. anytime we take a small little iota of something and then try to frame it to feeling above or below something, we've already missed the point. Yeah. We need to add context to literally everything. Everything. and Especially relationships. Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. And then those boundaries around kind of what you were saying is like, what do I need? Old me was like, I want to take over the world. (laughs) And then you get older and you're like, oh, gosh, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. The world is big. It's the world is big. And there's thankfully enough of us to hopefully do our small little Mm -hmm. part. I don't need a bigger size than I need. But actually what you come to realize is if you can have a handful of people that you trust that you feel valued by, that you can pour your heart into. You have a handful of areas in your life where you feel fulfilled through helping other people feel that love of God, whether that's the name that you're proclaiming it under or not, connection as you were talking mm-hmm. about. Um, you have a safe space to live, food that you enjoy, a community of people that support you. Then everything else really is just extra. Yeah. And I think a lot of times the people you you achieve a lot in life from one of two ways: either from the way of striving to prove to yourself I am enough, and that's exhausting. And those are the people that make it to the top of whatever and end up miserable because yeah. they didn't do the internal work, yeah. or you end up creating this really powerful, amazing thing out of the abundance of what you've received from your Creator of realizing I already have everything. So in all that I have, let me give it back. At the end of the day, it's the only two places you can give from. A place place of striving and trying to earn or a place of receiving and giving through the abundance that you've received. Amen. I mean, and the only place in scripture where God asks us to strive is when he asks us to strive to enter his rest. Boom. That just gave me chills. That's it. That's the only place. Hello, Holy Spirit moment. That was like me bringing up scripture. Like I'm so spiritually (sighs) versed. Dude. (laughs) And we spend, I think I spend most of my time instead of comparing myself to others is comparing myself to my past self and my past dreams. Oh. So like, I'll be like, oh, well, Soul in 2019 had 50 members. Catherine in 2020 
had this many abs. You know, like, you kind of just, like, go to that. But, like, I'm not Catherine in 2020. Yeah. I'm Catherine in 2023. So maybe I have less clients, but I have more of this. Or I have... And when has God ever not provided what I needed in a season? Yeah. It's just if I'm aware of... If I'm, like, making... If I'm opening my eyes to his provision. Yeah. And it's interesting to think about how the enemy attacks because it does feel like the enemy attacks for me in the future mm. of like, what if I don't get to this point in my life or what if I don't achieve this? I, I rarely ever look back. So the idea of like, um, you're good. Okay. Comparing to what I was is never a struggle for me as much as being fearful of not living up to who I want to be. Mm. And so it's really cool, like an interesting perspective to think about what it is to be debilitated by what was, you know what I mean? And so I'm very motivated by like, oh, I know in 10 years, this is where I'm going to be. Or like, oh, you think this is good? Well, watch this. And then I end up overloading and burning out to try and chase after the me that I still want to become because I think the me right now isn't enough. Mm. Versus thinking the you yesterday was better than the you today. It's such a weird game. People are different. Yeah. And what I hear from both of those things and what you've already touched on is the enemy tries to make us look forward or back because right now in this moment is when God speaks to us and when the scripture flows and when the impact can be made. And if we're sitting here thinking about, oh, like who was I yesterday or who am I going to be tomorrow? Then we're missing this opportunity right now to connect. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this is the thing I'll end on because we could talk for another two hours. Yeah. It's been an hour. Oh, um, wow. Or 45 minutes. I yeah. don't know. Um, but yesterday at church, the message was about like um, Psalm 91. It talks about, you know, those who dwell in the secret place are protected underneath the shadow of his wings. And he like dove into this idea of like a secret place. Like what is your secret place? And, it just, and he, he kind of in like a like a very inviting way was like it doesn't have to be something so spiritual or something so like hidden that like you have to like get away for an hour and do like a like a bible study and like write and journal and then worship and like he was just like where is it that you hear God's voice the most so that you can fill up in the secret place and then let it out in the public place because you spend the majority of your life in the public place Mm -hmm. I mean just like in the world so it was like trying to I mean, maybe this is a good question for listeners. Like, be thinking in 2023, what is your secret place? Like, where are you going to go every day, even just for five minutes, to be f- filled up? It can be something physical or it can be like a like a meditative state in your mind where you like, I don't know, say a word and then reflect on that word. Or Like, for me, it is running or walking. Mm-hmm. So, like, my one of my New Year's resolutions for movement is just to walk or be outside for 30 minutes a day. Because that's when I hear God the most. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing spiritual. I don't bring my Bible with me. I usually don't listen to worship music, if I'm being honest. But I hear God's voice. Um, Anyways, I think the more we go to the secret place, and these are not my words. This is from my pastor. The more, like, fruit we'll see in the public place. Girl, you just gave me chills. And just the idea of having a secret place with our creator, does it get any more special? And he always meets us. Always. He meets us in the public place too. 
but you can hear him in the secret place. I mean, you think about Jesus too, like anytime he was going through something, which was quite a bit, he had a tough life. He had, (laughs) he would like go and talk to God, go be alone in solitude and talk to God. And he had to be alone to do it. That's that private relationship, that intimate moment that we have with our creator that helps us understand our small little DNA, our small little footprint on like the global perspective, I guess. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, that's going to be my mantra this year. Where's your secret place? Yeah. Kind of creepy when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to have four questions I asked every guest, but you know what? This is my podcast and I'm changing it. Woo. I'm asking one Woo. question at the end of every episode. And it's my favorite question of the four. And it's what's something that you really love about yourself right now? Mm. I love the woman I am becoming, if that makes sense. Like I feel like I'm becoming a woman, meaning I feel like I'm really starting to trust myself, my intuition, my capabilities. Um, I love the fact that I feel strong to rely on myself. And that doesn't mean I'm not still willing to rely on others, but I'm getting to the point where my authority has become the most important. Mm. Second to, obviously, God's authority. Yeah. Yeah. But he's given you authority. I feel like I am starting to have strong authority in my life, if that makes sense. I love that. I'm going to end with just one little chosen scene Yay! that I just watched because the authority thing made me think of. It is God, or Jesus is like sitting at a table with like all the disciples. And he's like, okay, like y'all are going to go out in twos, pairs of twos, and like do my mission go on basically go on a big old mission trip (laughs) with a partner and it's going to be with someone that you like didn't expect to be paired up with and you're going to have my authority to heal people to perform miracles and they're like they're so confused (laughs) they're like the questions that they ask really this is why i love this show is because it humanizes the disciples and it humanizes jesus in such a way where you're like i would be asking those questions at that table (laughs) like one of them's like I don't, I don't get it. Like I've never healed anyone. (laughs) Like you're not there. You heal people. We just watch you. And he's like, I didn't. And he goes, well, you will be filled, filled with the spirit. Like you'll have my spirit. Jesus saying this. And one of the guys goes, I didn't feel myself getting filled by the spirit. (laughs) Because that's like something I'm like, I don't feel it. Like, where is it? (laughs) Anyways, like he gives those disciples authority to go out in his name and live out their gifts and they do it. Like, they go out, they're healing people. Jesus is nowhere to be seen, nowhere around. He's hiding. He's in his secret place. And (laughs) all the disciples are out with these, like, in this unlikely place, uncomfortable place. But because they were given authority, they performed miracles. So you have authority, honey. Use it. Amen. And it sounds like, for whatever reason, 2023 is the year where God is taking his chosen people and giving us authority. Yeah. He's saying, go, like, why are you constantly trying to hold my hand? Yeah. Like, I'm with you. Just go. I'm always inside you. That's right. Amen. All right, listeners. I love you guys so much. And Macy, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Today. And I'll see you in probably a couple months to join another episode. I can't wait. (laughs) But I will talk to you guys next week. On next week's episode, we'll have the one and only Summer Lambert. So stay tuned and have a great week, y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heart and Soul. If this episode encouraged you in any way, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
talk to you next week.